Indeed, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Snacks with Claiborne Jackson. Uh, today is a very special day for a couple of reasons. The first reason is this is the 100th episode of Mental Snacks. So that's, that's one of the special things that's going on today. But then the other special reason, super special, is I'm sitting here with my brother and my partner and my family member. My man, I've seen him grow tremendously throughout the years. This is my fam right here. Jay Pro is sitting here with me today for my 100th episode. And it's a privilege and an honor, fam. Welcome, man. You, man. Indeed. Indeed, brother. So, man. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know you're going to chop up the history of how we even got started together in this whole family thing. Or, you know what I mean? Man, um, we first met at Undisputed. Yeah, right? man. Undisputed, man. And then, and then, the, then again at the barbershop. Yup, yup. So we did the undisputed, the barbershop. Yeah. And uh, shoot, undisputed, man. I think shout out to to Dave and undisputed on North Park because I feel like that was probably my first therapy, like my first therapist group. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know that I needed therapy. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So yeah. I think now that I reflect, I'm like, that was therapy. In, in itself, because those dudes, man, they, they just welcomed everybody in. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think there are so many of us there from all different walks of lives who are all battling their own demons, but at right. the time didn't even know we were battling demons. Hey, one thing I always said, like, especially old school undisputed, I always said uh, old school undisputed was like uh, a place for uh, misfits. Yeah, it you really was. It was a place for misfits, meaning like, it sounds a little fucked up, but mentally healthy people wouldn't train there. No. Ain't ain't no place you're going to go to and they're going to beat the shit out of you like on <laughs> on like on some like human uh uh what do you call it like um pretty much healthy people wouldn't come back after some of those beatdowns. No, nah, nah, dude, they wouldn't do cuz I first when I first went there. When I first went there I was like 285, man, but I was mm-hmm. benching almost like 500. When I got there they gave me this waiver. Does you have to sign this waiver? So that if something happens and this and this, mm-hmm. right there, the average person probably would have been like, I'm not signing no waiver for a fighting gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm going back to LA Fitness, 24 Hour <laughs> Fitness. And I'm like, yeah, I'll sign the waiver, man. You know, right. whatever. And you get in there and you get in, you had to be able to take everything that went on in there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you were mentally right, you probably wouldn't have come back. Well, I remember um, like my first time, like training jujitsu in the dungeon. Um, they beat the shit out of me, bro. I remember, like, first time training with Herman. Herman, like, got me in, into the pro class. Like, I'm like my first couple <laughs> yep. weeks at Undisputed, beat, beat my ass, go downstairs. They really beat my ass. Like, my yep. face is fucked up. My mouth is, like, chopped up. Like, yep. just And that was the down. thing, dude. It was, and I, that was Undisputed, the real Undisputed. The real Undisputed. It wasn't for the lighthearted. No, it wasn't, man. And I remember... I remember passing out uh, flyers for Undisputed, and I uh, pull up to this guy. He's a doctor in a Porsche 911. I'm like, hey, man, come check out Undisputed. He's like, nah, man, I heard about you guys. It's not, it's not the place for me. <laughs> yep. And back then, I just, you know, I was like. You had to have pussy. heart, man. You had to have heart. You had to have heart, man. It, it was, it, and that's what it was like, real brotherhood. Like, you, you bled together. And that's where people don't get it. And that's where you develop that bond. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, dude. Me and you go so far back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you figure going back from sparring partners, man, mm-hmm. to the the barbershops, and now we're sitting here podcasting together, man. Yeah. Life is good, and there's a whole bunch of mental growth that's taking place from there. It's been a decade. Yeah, man. It's been a decade. Right? So, brother, how has your journey been 
as far as trying to get mentally grounded and finding mental peace? Man, I'm still uh, I'm still learning it. Um, I can tell you what though, because I'm 30, about to be 31. I feel like when I turned 30, I felt like how I thought I was gonna feel when I turned 18. Okay. You know, when you turn 18, you're like, oh, I'm an adult. Like I should be a certain type of way. Right. That's how I felt when I turned 30. I was like, at 30, I feel like I had the the, the life experience. I've been through life. I experienced a lot of life. I more life than the average person, and. I'm like, you know, I have enough data through my 20s because I tried all kinds of things, you know, from, from graduating high school to turning 30. I tried all kinds of things, all types of philosophy, um, you know, throughout the way. Like, I always thought, I was always kind of, like, hard-headed, like, like, you know, my way of thinking is the right way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I lived my truths. And then, you know, when your truths are wrong, the world will let you know your yeah. truths are wrong. And, and so then I'm like, damn, I thought for sure that's how you're supposed to live life. And it didn't work out for me. Let me reevaluate this. Mm-hmm. Boom, new truth. Ah, man, let me reevaluate this. And until, like, and then you have just have enough experience, human experience, dealing with a lot of people. And one, that's a great thing about living life and being in a bunch of different groups and even chopping heads, you know, cutting yeah. hair, being entrepreneurial. You get to meet so much uh, walks of life that you, you kind of start understanding human nature and human f- philosophy. Yep. And, you understand how people move, and then you start realizing. And I remember, I remember this. Um, someone told me they're like humans are actually very easy. They're they're very easy. Um, and I didn't understand it when I was younger, but now I'm older. I'm like, you know what? People are very simple. Like they all they all they all kind of want the same. They all move a certain type of way. They all have certain uh, characteristics. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm I'm thir- I feel like I. I'm starting to understand life a little bit better. I don't have it all figured out, right? But right. I have I have it I have it more figured out. And when it comes to like, like even like my mental health, health and everything, um, you don't even really understand what that is in, in your twenties. No, you don't, man. You don't understand what mental <clears throat> what don't. mental health is, and uh, you don't even think it's a real thing. Like, like the like depression, like that 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 wasn't even. No one ever said I was depressed. No, dude. That's a nobody new thing that I knew. Would ever walk around and say they were depressed? Back Yo, oh, you'd be, you be called a bit. Like, that was man, the whole the thing. Up. You know what I'm saying? You like, punk. You ain't depressed like, about what you sad yeah. about, and that's what it was. What are you sad about? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. What are you sad for? What you looking all upset uh, about? Like you tell your homies you're a sad man. man shut the fuck up. And that was the thing, dude. And that's when, and that's when I realized now that I can reflect from where I am now, and now that I've been on this whole journey with the mental health and all, mm-hmm. I look back at those days when I was full of anger and rage. Mm-hmm. But that was how depression was affecting me. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I was, you know, reacting it and getting it out of my system was really just through anger. So there were some people got depressed and went into a dark place, got sad and yeah. withdraw. I would get angry and would yeah. lead me to go off and do all kinds of other things. I remember just telling people like, they were like, oh man, you know, people get suicidal and this and that. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I'll never be suicidal because mm-hmm. whatever is making me that point to that point, I'm going to go find who or what it is and I'm going to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And that was me reacting in anger from mm-hmm. depression that I didn't even know what it was back then. You couldn't process it. And, and, and my shit was like, um, so I don't, I don't know how much uh, people uh, or you, you even know, but like, so when I graduated high school, graduated high school, I, you know, I went, I went to jail for a little bit, came out, and then I was pretty much homeless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was homeless. You know, I, I, I kind of grew up in the foster system. Okay. You know, I grew up in the foster system, you know. Um, my mom had gotten, gotten me back, 
you know, from, from my high school years. But then in my last year of high school, she had relapsed. So okay. when I came when I came back home, it was uh, I came back home to a trap house. Oh man! Um, so I was only home for like a month. Yeah. And then and then pretty much uh, mom got evicted. She was like, I don't know where you're going, but you know you gotta figure it out. Had had nowhere to go and um, pretty much hit the streets. Um, and so, but I remember I remember being like upset, like being homeless and. When I was when I was home when I was homeless, so I was like uh, I was still like I think I was like nineteen. Yeah. Um, what would happen was a lot of a lot of the homeless kids. And I call them I call them kids because you know at nineteen you're still a kid. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the a lot of the the, the, the homeless kids, and there was a, quite a few of us. Um, they were all getting punked, punked by the punked by like the gorilla pimps, punked by like mm-hmm. the drug dealers, the. The, the the gangsters and everything, um, my my thing was always like, I didn't fuck with a lot of people anyways. Right. But like you know how you're like, oh, I'm gonna take out my depression on, on wh- wh- whatever. Yeah. Whatever so so my, my depression was more like being like fearless. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I was the only one out of the homeless kids that wasn't getting punked. <laughs> so 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 when homie came up to me and put a gun to my stomach, trying to trying to get me, I was like, hey man, you might as well pull the trigger, bro. You might as well pull the trigger, bro. That like, part, man. like you know, when they when they when they had a knife to me, I was like, "What's up? What you, what you trying to do?" Oh, I just want to see you have heart, young blood. I just want to see you have heart. I'm like, "Hey, man, whatever, bro." And so, so no one really fucked with me because I was right. like, I was like, I was a little bit more crate, whereas the other kids were a little bit more uh, uh, soft. So they, so they were, oh, here, here you go. Right, like, how, how the, the fuck are you gonna rob? So, like, and that's the thing about the streets. The streets, they'll kill you for twenty bucks. Oh yeah, this it blows my mind. I remember I was having a, uh, my mom was talked to my mom and my brother. I can't I can't remember, but maybe it was my brother, man, and because my brother's still homeless. Okay. My, my brother's gonna be a forever homeless. Okay, he's gonna be a forever homeless. Me and him, uh, he was homeless, so we both grew up in the foster system. My brother, he a walled at six. He just couldn't do the the the. So if you know anything about the foster system, they had them in group homes. Mm-hmm. Group homes is just a, a fancy way of saying like it's just it's like a juvenile hall. Right. So at sixteen, he just got sick of it. You know, sick of being told what to do, sick of being on the, on the drugs to sedate him. Right. Uh, and he AWOLed. And so he's been homeless ever since. And to him, that's freedom. He refuses to have any type of um, structure. Right. Um. So anyway, so he was homeless before me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And. Uh, and actually, when I became homeless, he actually kind of taught me a few things, like have your wallet a certain way in your pocket, you know, so right. so they can't like jack it when you're asleep, uh, tie your bike to your leg so they can't just take it or like pull your leg or wake you up, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I remember one day my brother called me, and this is like, this is maybe like five years ago, whatever, and he was like fr- freaking out, like fucking over like, like ready to like do some shit over like 60 bucks. Over sixty bucks, and Man. I was like, I was like, bro, sixty bucks, bro, like freaking, that ain't, that ain't shit, bro. Like, let, hey, let, let it go, bro. And, and what, what happened was, um, they, they had, um, I guess he, he had like a sixty dollar debt, so the people had pulled up on him and his lady, okay, and and like kicked him in the stomach, took his lady, and Man. I had, to, I, had, I had to tell him like, bro, they didn't take your lady, your lady was paying your debt. And that's that's and, and and the sooner you realize that you know the sooner like you can get your emotions under control. Yeah, I mean it got to be tough though to try because that's 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 trauma. 
And then it's like unhealed trauma that just continues and continues. Yeah. You know what I mean? You find yourself spiraling and spiraling and spiraling. It, it gets deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I look at it as like some of the things that now I can reflect back upon and say, okay, these things were, were, is what led me to these stages of depression, but I didn't know how to treat it. Mm-hmm. And then back then, like you say, you couldn't really go to someone and say you were depressed. Mm-mm. So you had to act out in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then especially, man, in the black community, you really can't walk around and say that you're depressed down mm-hmm. and out, even to your parents. Because even mm-hmm. then, it's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, they don't understand it. Yeah. And, and also, like, you come, you come from a time, you, co- you grew up in the 90s, bro. Like, the, the 80s and 90s, bro. Like, <laughs> here in San was like the, the real, when shit was real. That's yeah, when shit was yeah. really moving and, and moving and grooving and popping and yeah. shit was real violent. And I came, I came up at the tail end of that. Right. I, came, I graduated in 2009, so I grew up in the early 2000s yeah. at the very tail end of that before like they started getting hit with Rico Axe and, <laughs> and everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, it was crazy because I feel like I'm part of that group where so many of these new laws now came from mm-hmm. was during our generation. You yeah, know, and you start realizing how how cold and how cold and how hard you're starting to turn. Mm-hmm. Dude, when I was in, I was in the seventh grade when the first person I knew got shot and killed. Mm-hmm. You see, by the time I got to the ninth grade, I was so numb to people getting murdered that it was just like so and so got shot at such and such. It'd just be like, oh, that's terrible, man. Are we still going to the taco shop? You, you know what it reminds me? Of? You ever watch Paid in Full? Yes. Hey, motherfuckers get shot every day, B. I'm gonna tell you, dude. <laughs> if you watch Paid in Full. Mitch was me. Yeah. You know what I'm You're Mitch. Mitch, Mitch was Money me, making bro. Mitch. Mitch was me. Mitch was me I can, I can. on the West Coast. I love you know this shit, I mean? B. Bro, I'm telling you, uh, man. I Mitch love that was movie. me. I would show yeah. up at the club as, as fancy as could be. Fly as could yeah. be. The DJs knew me. The yeah. announcers knew me. I would walk in with an entourage. Yeah. You know, and I had the homies who were quiet like Ace, but then there was me. Yeah. So when I saw Paid and Fool, I was like, get the hell out of here. Right. Like... It's, it's like I'm a West Coast version of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. was, that was me running I was, around. I was more like Ace. See, man, I'm telling you, dude, you sit there and watch that and you, you live it. Yeah. And that's why now I look at some of these youngsters and that's kind of what sent me on this whole path of, of mental health and mental awareness. Well, well, even, it was all of that. Even, even a part of that movie that kind of stuck with me was, um, was um, when, when, when Mitch, he was like, he's like, when uh, Ace uh, was like, hey, I'm, I'm getting out, I suggest mm-hmm. you get out too. And Mitch was like, "Man, I, I, I'm, I'm for these streets, you know. I've been, I, I sold everything on these streets." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "If I get out, man, are my people gonna love me? Am I still gonna be loved?" And and I, the reason I bring that up is, is is because like, are people still gonna love me? Are they? Are the people still gonna fuck with me? And and I remember there's times where like, um, when you when you're doing shit and you're like, I want to get out, but you're like, damn, are people still gonna love me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the cold part about it, bro. When you're going through that stage and that transition, it was one of those moments where I, I knew that if I changed, that the people around me were going to change. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's the thing now, even as you go further with trying to get yourself better mental health-wise, a lot of people will fall off. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me that they don't like the fact that I'm always so positive now. Like, everything is so positive. Everything is so this. Everything is so that. And I'm like, but you liked me better when I was bad and flipping out about nothing. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm just like... There's no reason to honk at somebody. They're going to do what they're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just let this car go. Or just, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Why are you so zen? Where'd you get this whole zen thing from? Yeah. So now there's people who really won't associate with me because I'm too positive, which is crazy, right? 
Yeah. That people would rather deal with you when you're in this negative mode because that negativity is what they're also dealing with. Yeah. And they don't want to go seek any kind of help for it. Once you start finding that path of peace, then you're just kind of like, look, man, these things don't bother me. You know what I mean? So now yeah. it's like I removed myself. But when I was young, that whole transition of no longer being tied in with the homies, no longer being out here with the homies, getting away from the homies. And there was parts of me that was kind of like, okay, how's it going to work when I do leave? But then mm-hmm. at the same time, I was so tired back then from all the stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. And then I had my son too. So by me having full custody of my son and him being with me full time, he was the perfect excuse for me to get out the streets. Yeah. Because I was like, now nah, I got my son. He goes, I got to go to his school thing. I got to do this and that. Then it also gave me something to live for. Because at first it was just kind of like, it is what it is, man. You know, mm-hmm. you're a product of your environment. You are. You know what I mean? So we're celebrate 18-year-old's birthday. 18, dude, we party like it wasn't no big. You know, we, we party like there was no end to partying because you live to 18. Yeah. You hit 21, it's like, oh, dude, homie, you made it to 21. Yeah, yeah. So it was like 21, 25. And yeah. after you hit 25, you were pretty much G. Like, oh, you lived through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and like. You, and you grew up during that time where that was like an actual accomplishment. Yeah. Like back that's in the 90s, it. like that's an actual accomplishment. You made that it to was, 21. Yeah, bro. That was survival. If yeah. you weren't dead or in jail and you actually were free at 21, yeah. that was like huge. And the crazy part about it is a lot of my friends hit 21 and then died at 21 or 22. Damn. You know what I mean? It was just like, dang, dude, we was just partying with this cat. You could just leave from somewhere. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of trauma that you grow up with. And then you get older, you're like, why am I this way? Yeah. You know, and I didn't realize how bad off I was until it was when my mom passed. Mm-hmm. Is when So when I first started going to Undisputed is when my mother was sick before. And I was also going through child court and all of that. So I was just like, I need a place to release. Yeah. Here's a place that you can go in there and beat the hell out of somebody and just fight for two hours straight and nobody presses charges. Nobody complains about nothing. Yeah. You know, so everything is 100. Yeah. So that the was like the first. Out. Yeah. So then later, I think my mom had got real sick and uh, I used to sit up there. I mean, I used to get up there with Nico. Mm-hmm. And Nico was like my real first, first therapist that was not a therapist, but you know what I'm saying? But was a therapist. Yeah. And me and Nico would work out, dude, and we would just sit and talk, you know what I'm saying, for hours after workouts, just chilling. And back then I was like, okay, to me it's like, okay, it's just a release. It's a release. Right. This is cool. The last run, dude, when my mom's finally passed is I had been to therapist before, but it wasn't ever cool, so I never told anybody I went. Mm-hmm. I just kind of slid in and slid out. Well, back back in the day, if you told someone you went to a therapist, I question your mental your mental uh, uh, strains. I'll be like, I don't know if I can fuck with dude because he can't handle his shit. That part, that part. This guy is now mentally weak, so going to get therapy, yeah. it was so taboo. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was just like you're hiding the fact, like, like you're doing crack in an alley. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I just want to go to the therapist. Where are you going? I'm gonna go shoot some hoops, but you sneak off to a therapy. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. So when I did go, what I realized was. A therapist is only going to help you with so much if you're not completely honest. So if you don't go in there and tell them the whole story, they're going to put a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. So my first real run with therapy, when I went in there, they gave me a bottle of pills. Mm-hmm. And we met like twice a week, and then that was it. And I was like, okay. They was like, well, take these pills. It'll get you in a better headspace. You can function this and that. Mm-hmm. Bro, I would take those pills, and... I didn't like it because I would be so loopy in a sense to where, mm. I mean, nothing mattered to me. Yeah. Nothing. The building could have been on fire. And I would have been like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? The building's on fire. You know, I wouldn't have cared. The thing that really got me, bro, 
taking those pills, I realized that your mind can't focus on something. Mm-hmm. And that's what's helping you in a sense to get over certain situations. Yeah. But then your mind can't focus, bro. And I'll joke, man, sexually, homie, if you can't focus, you can't perform. Nope. So at that point, nope. I was like, you know what? I was like, I really need to get up off these pills. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, I can't do nothing. Yeah. So even the joyful release of being with somebody, you couldn't even do that. No, because you your mind is so gone. Yeah. So that was, and I was like, you know what? I was like, I can't do it. So I got off those pills, still dealing with all the stuff with my mom and everything. Fell into the deep depression when she passed. Mm. And mind you, my son, he's in his senior year of high school. My mom passes. He's living in grandma's house. We're at grandma's house. Now I'm fighting her husband's family for the house. They're trying mm-hmm. to kick us out. All this is going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even had a chance to really, you know, let it sink in that my mom had passed. Mm-hmm. Now, of all people, there was nobody in my circle that was like, get therapy, get therapy. But I had this one friend at work, man, my man Johnny. And Johnny kept telling me, you got to take time off and take care of yourself. And I was like, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm just going to keep pushing through. So Johnny goes, he does a different job. Time passes, and I get to the point where I'm almost getting ready to get unemployed, hit fired, because I can't function. Mm-hmm. Remember the scene in New Jack City when Nino sat there after they tore down the Carter, and he was sitting in the dark with that bottle of champagne? That was me, just yeah. sitting there at night crying, drinking, because of all the stuff going on with my mom or the whole bit. Finally, dude, I was like, you know what? I'm going against the whole grain. I'm, I'm going back to therapy. Mm-hmm. This time when I went to go talk to him for therapy, they put me in a, an intensive outpatient program. That's how deep off I you know, it went. Mm. So it was all day therapy, basically. But we were in the house doing it because all that COVID stuff had started hitting and everything. So we were in the house doing it. But it would be therapy at 8 o'clock in the morning till almost 1 o'clock. And then mm. you got done with that as a group therapy. Then you go into therapy with just your therapist for another hour. Mm-hmm. This was five days a week for 30 days, man. So by the time that was done, I realized I didn't get help the first time because I wasn't honest about my problems. By the time yeah. I went through this series, I was an open book, man. And when I came out of it this time, no medication, nothing. Mm-hmm. Because I was truly open about my situation. Now I realize if you go to a therapist and you try to cover up what you're really there for and don't get down to the core... That's when you will get that bottle of pills because yeah. they don't really know any other way to treat you. Yeah. Well, you put your whole soul on that table. Yeah. That's when they're like, okay, you know what? Try this exercise. Do this exercise. Do this. Do that. And it was beautiful, man, because not being inside of an actual institution, because the way they said it normally would have been, you would have actually been inpatient for that. Mm-hmm. But because of COVID, it had to be outpatient. Yeah. So when you're in this whole group, they're like, look, take your phone and go to the park and do therapy today. Take your phone and go do this. You know, go here and do therapy. That's when I started running. I'm down there at the beach. I do my therapy session. In between therapy sessions, I go for a run. And that's when everything started kind of opening up and clicking. And then it's just been clicking ever since, man. Ever since. And that's what I've been like now trying to really speak the word of mental awareness and trying to get it out there to everybody and let these dudes know I'm not the picture of cool. I'm not the definition of cool. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But if somebody could look at me and say, hey, this dude is fearless about going to get therapy and it truly helped him normalize going, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to making people feel so not normal for going normalize therapy, man. We wouldn't be sitting here together right now. If we hadn't normalized. How how, how old were you when you started going to therapy? Man, the first time I went, I was probably in my thirties. The first time that makes sense because like, um, because in my, like pretty much when I became homeless, homeless, like, and, and, 
like even when I became home, like so a lot a lot of people don't know this. Most don't most people don't know this. Like I didn't I didn't just hit the streets, right? Mm-hmm. What ha- what happened was um. I pr- I don't even know if I could talk about this on the podcast, <laughs> but I pre- I pretty I pretty much um. Damn, how 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 deep can we get on this podcast? <laughs> Bro, we can get as deep as you want, man. So, so, so when I hit this, I didn't just hit the streets. I was pretty much, uh, I was pretty much pimping, but I wasn't deep pimping. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I just had a lady that really liked me, and then she was just giving, she was giving me money. Okay. She was paying for the hotel. You know, she go out, out and work and everything. Um, Heck yeah. And and a little tennis shoe and, type pimping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was te- yeah, 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 like chili <laughs> pimping or yeah. tennis shoes pimping, but I never, I never even like. I never been thinking about pimping. I just grew up in an area where where that that was normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when I was like in high school and stuff, I was thinking about just regular high school stuff, having fun in high school, yep. going to parties and everything. That that was like I had no mentors that are pimps or anything like that. It just happened that because I was so close to the streets, mm-hmm. that that you know I just happened to have someone that really liked me and, and just kind of like chose up a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but when I when I was in that when I was in that that little bit of that life, what a lot of people don't understand about the streets is how grimy and dirty the streets are, mm-hmm. and 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 the streets the streets are disgusting, and the streets what I call it like the cockroaches of the streets. You know what I mean? Right. And and you just hear and, you, and this is how scandalous this is how scandalous the, the streets are. Things things you would think that would only happen in third world countries. Mm-hmm. Be happening on the streets. Yeah, people will sell you out for like, and, and from luckily for me, I've always been a solo dolo type of guy. Right. Meaning, I never needed friends. I don't. I don't like. If you want to walk out, go ahead. Right. Like I've always been that type of person. Like I don't need you. Like I'm not here desperate for 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 for, uh, for your friendship or anything. So I always stayed to myself. Okay. And, and that really protected me uh, when I when I was in the streets because there were there was like some like I'll give you an example of. Um, how fucked up the streets can be, so so one day we're at, we're at this house right, and there's this dude like light skinned dude like uh like big hair and everything, and he's like he's kind of acting funny you know what I'm saying like you know he's on he's on like everyone there is doing drugs and everything, right. he's like kind of acting funny and I'm just like I'm just peeping it and I, and I and I talk to um I talk to my lady and I'm just like yo what's what's up what's up with dude he's like kind of like got that you know what I'm saying got a yeah. little, little twitch you know what I mean, and she's like so. This this lady like this lady had like a bunch of kids and everything. I, m- I had met her. She's like, you remember that girl you met? Well, that that girl, th- I guess this guy, pretty much wanted to fuck that guy, right? Oh man! So That's she terrible. set something. She set something up to where like, hey, you want to come drink and do drugs and party and everything? And she she set it up, and they pretty much um, gave him a bunch of bunch of drugs or whatever. And that dude, that dude, pretty much got like raped for three days, like yeah, chemically, like man. a like a sleep for like three days, or whatever. And when he came yeah. out of it, he was never the same. Mm-hmm. And that's just one one story of how crazy the streets can get. You know See, what I'm saying? That, that's the thing that you had to survive all of that, navigate through all of that, to get to where you are now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why it's kind of you have to. Sometimes, I man, I think we we beat ourselves up for so much of what we went through in the past that once you start to learn how to kind of like leave it there and then progress forward is when you really start getting that change. Yeah. Because you're starting to heal that trauma that went on in the beginning. 
You know what I'm saying? Bro, and now right. you're starting to cut like, okay, cool. Now I'm, I'm healing a little bit more. I'm getting past it to where mm-hmm. you can reflect on it and it doesn't trigger you. And and you know and, I mean? and I remember the the so like even you said you were crying right and rightfully so you lost your mom I'm, when I lose my mom I'm sure I'll cry and um and I remember like I, I never used to be able to cry people used to be like dude you have like no heart like you cannot cry or whatever mm-hmm. and it's not even that it's just like for whatever there's something blocking me from crying but I remember the first time I cried like uncontrollably like ugly crying so what happened so this is when I hit the streets hit the streets okay like head on the concrete was was my lady she. She got arrested. So so then it's like, boom, like no money and everything. And I hit the streets. I hit the streets, boom. And then that same, so I I, I sleep. I, I sleep through that night. Then the next day, the cops are like grabbing me, throwing me against the wall, taking pictures, asking me questions. Man. So Because I guess a spot just got uh, looted. <laughs> a spot just got looted. And they're like, oh, someone who matches your description did the looting, whatever. I'm like, couldn't have been me, whatever. So I first night hitting the streets, homeless, homeless. Um, the realization just hit me. I'm like, damn, I'm really out here alone, and got no mm-hmm. family. All my friends grew up in poverty, so like, so when I hit them up, like, yo, man, can I stay with you? They're like, we, we ain't got it either. Right. We got, right. you know, we we barely, we barely got it too. Like, so, so it really just hit me. I was alone on these streets, and I just remember like, the cops hit me up, and I was like, I just started crying, right? And then after I got done crying, I was like. I could do this. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what the reason I asked you, why, why, um, how old were you when you started going to therapy? Was because in my twenty, especially like in my tw- like late teen, like nineteen to uh, to like being thirties, mm-hmm. I've always been in a rush. Okay. I've always been in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm coming from the bottom, bro. Like the right. the, the, the the gutter. And I'm trying to work my way up. Boom. Okay. Undisputed hires me as as their janitor. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. This is opportunity. Right. This is opportunity. Boom. F- from there. Hey, you want to go commercial fishing? Let's <laughs> let's run it. Boom. I'm commercial fishing now. Right. I come back. And you got to keep in mind. So I graduated in 2009, right? Right. And 2008, the market crashed. Mm-hmm. San Diego was kind of doing not too well. Back then, you know, right, it, it right. was it was really hard to find work. Um, so there was like really no work for me, and I was in North Park, so so I didn't. So even like the little coffee shops that were popping up, yeah, I couldn't like I couldn't get work anywhere because I didn't meet that 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 hipster look, that skinny right, kid that with part. the mustache with the beanie in there. Exactly. I had, you know, I was just I looked like a I'm from East County, you know, what I'm saying right. they they weren't fucking with me over there, and so I could not get work at all. So I'm just like. Boom, then my boy hits me up. He's like, hey, uh, my boy from high school hit me up. He's like, hey, my, my stepdad and I are starting, uh, we're, we're freelancing in Texas. We're building houses and remodeling and stuff. You want to come out to Texas? I spend the rest of my, um, I spend the rest of my, uh, uh, the money I made from fishing. Yeah. I fly out to Texas. Okay. So now I'm in Texas and I'm, I'm working, I'm pretty much working for free. I'm working for free. Like uh, my, my boss, he's a, he's a slave driver. You know what I'm saying? He's just taking advantage of the situation. Um, he's not really a good businessman, but I'm the only one who stays. So my friend leaves. Right. My friend leaves. The, the whole crew leaves. Okay. I'm the only one who stays. Why do I stay? Because I got nowhere to go. I'm here. I'm here sleeping on the job site. I'm showering outside. I'm, I'm digging holes to take a shit. Man. I'm living on the land. So I'm homeless out there. Now I'm just homeless in the country. Right. But, but here's my reasoning. I'm like, for one, I got nowhere to go. 
Right. For two, I got no skills. Right. I might be working for free, but at least I'm being. I'm at least I'm eating. He's paying for my my meals. Right. And at least um, at least uh, I'm learning a skill. So I'm like, I kind of got no choice. Okay. Boom. And then um, and then I leave there because, pretty much like, I wasn't even learning anything anymore. Um, he wasn't getting more work. I'm, I I was about to fight his brother. And then, and then once you once you brother. <laughs> we were about to we were about See? to throw down. So what what he didn't know, so like he used to pay us but just enough for um just enough for to 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 eat, right? Right. And what he didn't know is one one of the times he paid me, I had stashed that money. Okay. I stashed that money because I already knew, bro. I already knew the game, bro. Right. I already knew the game. I knew what he was doing, bro. I ain't dumb. But I played dumb. Right. Um so I stashed I stashed that money, right? Bro, and once that once that happened, bro, like, and I bought a t- I bought a ticket back to uh, a Greyhound ticket back to San Diego on my twenty okay. second birthday. Yeah, that twenty two, bro. So now I'm I'm back at Undisputed, uh, and and God bless Dave, bro. Dave is like an angel, bro. Man. A lot of these people talk about they want to help people. Dave is the only one really Dude, about it, bro. I'm gonna tell you, man, Dave. If it wasn't for Dave, bro, like, bro. My, my life would be so much different right now. I yeah, was man. I was I was in. I was I was looking, bro. I was so bad. People don't really understand when I say I was homeless, bro. I would go three weeks without a shower, and the only shower I could get was a was a bird bath in the mm-hmm. Burger King bathroom. Yup, like like it was it was real out here. Dude, I'm telling you, man. People, I don't think people give Dave and them enough credit. Just the whole undisputed organization in North Park at that time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that was a place where you could actually go and get that love, bro. You know what I mean? Because it was times it were. I'd be up against it and couldn't even figure out how I was going to keep coming. They were like, no, you need to keep coming. You know They check mean? up Just, on you. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, we ain't seen you in three, four days. Where you been? Yeah. You know, and then, shoot, man, Nico, the guy. I mean, that was, that was man, shoot, that, that's, that's fam. That was, that, that, was, that was a good time, bro. Like, when, was, when, when, that, when that came to an end, when, when that era, that undisputed. Dude, that was traumatic. You know what I'm saying? Was, dude, that was traumatic <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> it was, like, I, I still can't go to that bar, that North Park Brewery bar. I still oh, can't man. go there because I look. I look at it. I'm just like, Every damn! I, I used to sleep it, right man. there. I cringe when I see it. Like this is not what it Bro, is, it's man. Not but the see, same. and that's and that's the thing, man. When you look at your life in your twenties, you know, saying now, right now, you're you're hitting your thirties. I'm thir- I'm about to be thirty one now. And see, and that's the thing, dude. You're you're jumping on your mental health path way before I did. I wish I would have been this mm-hmm. aware of my mental mind state back in my thirties. Mm-hmm. But it took a whole lot of getting, and now it's like. Even one of my cousins, man, the relative was asking me, would you have become the person that you were now, or that you are now, if your mom would have never passed? Right. And I was like, no. Right. I was like, I would have never changed because there was never a reason for me to change. Mm-hmm. And then if I, you know, I'd always had her to validate what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I would have never changed. So sometimes it's those, those traumatic life moments that force that positive change into you. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, okay, bam, now I'm on the path of, okay, you realize you had to go get some kind of help, get some kind of healing, and then to move forward. And that's where I think you are now. You've chopped down so much and lived through so much and seen so much. Mm-hmm. But now when I was watching your spot the other day and you're going over the signs of depression and the improvements that you're making, the efforts that you're making to change certain things, mm-hmm. it just you've already taken that look in the mirror and said, all right, man, as like as cliche as it is with Michael Jackson, hee hee. So you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You 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 making the change. 
Right. And I joke with people all the time about making that change and looking in the mirror. Right. You know, so I had to stare at myself a few times and realize I needed to make that change. Right. You know what I mean? So now you feel going forward, when you hear self-care, what is your definition of self-care? Bro, honestly, man, like this is this is all this is all still uh uh new to me. Hold on one second. Hey, hey yo, Chris. Can I get you can I get a uh, uh, white claw or truly? See, man, we getting too deep, bro. I had to get another drink, man. <laughs> hey, man, but you know what? Why do I agree to this, man? Why do I agree to this? Man, hey, I got to say some shit. I never told nobody. Hey. I ain't never told no one that Pimmin story. Can we cut that out? <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble, man. I don't think people need to know that, bro. I think it's over so many years. You good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'll tell you, man, Once I, it is crazy because once I started doing this, I went real transparent, man. There's episodes on my station or on my channel where I tell people from when I was young and was turfed out and was just yeah. doing all kind of mess. But even like one of my things I was talking about where I took all my street skills and street pharmacist skills and yeah. I turned all of that into something that I could put on the application what? to get a job. Wait, and, 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 and here's the thing about that. Like, I was doing the same thing, bro. Like, when I, when I was growing up, bro, it was known that you're going to prison. My mom, my mom did 15 years. My, my, my dad did 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, everyone, I, like, I mean, I grew up in the foster system. I grew, I grew up with some, like, whatever, like, you know, those, those people weren't really like that. But then when my mom got me back, 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 back in that life, you know what I'm saying? Everyone around me is doing time. They, they condition you. Hey, when you go in, this is what you do. If they right. tell you to do something, you got to do it. Um, this is what you don't say. This is what you say. So I went, I went into, like, when I went to jail, I was, like, I was just, like, like manifested. Like, I knew, I'm, like, I'm right here. I really know they're going to ask me to do something. I'm, I'm going to do it. And plus, I was 18 when I went to jail, right? I was, uh, and I went into a, uh, with the, uh, I only went to jail. I didn't go to prison. It was some, some, right. some bullshit. Right. I went to jail for some bullshit, man. Um, shit's not even on my record no more. You can't even find it. <laughs> this but, guy. but I was, I was, um, I was in the high power, right? So I was in with the people who. Who did some time, time, time? Right. Um, and I was the youngest one there, man. And I just remember like ha having to get, like you know, get down with people. You know, people talking about, oh, I've been in th this many fights. I've done this. Like my my Sally, you know, he, he's a uh, convicted murderer. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, what do you call it? Rob uh, store store robbery gone wrong. Right. He's like, all you had to do is give me the money. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, like. Um, so even then, there it was cool, man. It's all it's like respect, respect. Right. Give respect. Right. Don't be a bitch. Like you know, don't call no one a bitch. Yeah. Um, rules to it. But the crazy part is, we normalized the conditions that we were gonna have to deal with, and those are things that we should have never normalized. They should have never looked at a normal thing. But it, it was almost like for for some people, it was a rite of passage. Yeah. You do X Y Z. You go to jail. You go. To, you hit county. You hit the pen. You come home. Super respected. Well, and, and, and here's the th here's the thing and. This is what I realized when I went to jail. This is what I, what I realized when I went to jail. Ain't no one put money on my books, bro. You find my, out who's my, my mom put money you. on my books like two times. The money's like money stopped coming in. Yeah. All my friends ain't put no money in my books. Nah, my my so-called homies, no money in my books. No. And I was like, I'm a, like, I don't know how long I'm doing at this time. You know, luckily, right. luckily, luckily, um, I, I was able to get off. But like, it's, I'm like. Imagine if I was doing time time 
For yeah. what? But you know what? For though? what? People people forgot forgot about me. I got people who when they went in, their exact thing was, I'm not gonna communicate with any of y'all till I come home. And they was like, because I already know the disappointment, the failure, I already know how all that stuff feels when people stop supporting you while you're in here. It's like mm-hmm. so I don't even want anybody to contact me. I'll talk to mm-hmm. y'all when I get out. You know what I'm saying? For a while it didn't sink in. I was like, but I get it because you have all these people that's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the other. And then it starts to taper off. Lies, bro. You're stuck in that cell full of depression. Yeah. And that's the thing where I'm saying is to whereas now you look back at all of that, you look at everything that you had to deal with, and that's all I was asking you. Now what you consider, when you think of self-care, what do you think of now for, for taking care of yourself and getting yourself mental? So, what do you think of it? Is it what, do you, what is your self-care now going forward? Man, I didn't even think that far, Claiborne. Like, <laughs> I still don't believe in therapy. I still don't believe in therapy, bro. Like, how am I going to go see a therapist when they need to see a therapist? They need to see a therapist. But these people, like, I'm like, I was talking to my friend. I was talking to my friend, and he's just, you just got to find a good therapist. I'm like, mm-hmm. how many therapists? How many times do I got to get vulnerable before before I find the right therapist? I almost rather just suffer in silence. And seeing that, I that's almost a almost hard rather game. suffer in silence, and it's, it's hard, man. And, and and it is hard, and I'm still going through shit. You know what I'm saying? But the the things I learned from uh, uh be, being depressed, I only know I'm depressed because I I looked up the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And it hit, and it and, and the way it hit me, you know what I'm saying? And I real and I used to realize I'm like, I'm like the reason why Bob like not feeling it in your 20s, because mm-hmm. in your 20s you're go go. Go, go. Man. I remember, I remember at one time, I remember one time, uh, I was doing yoga. Yeah, I remember at, you was doing yoga. At the end of the yoga class, they're like, all right, everybody, lay on your back, whatever, meditate, um, or just go somewhere with your mind. I remember, like, my brain was a storm, and for a mm-hmm. split second, that, that the eye of the storm happened, there was peace, right? Yep. But in that clarity, in that clarity all my trauma started attacking me. Oh, man. And I was like, yeah, yeah. and I like fucking waved that shit away. I'm like, no, nope, bring the storm back. <laughs> like we 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 busy. Like and I just and I just worked my ass off, bro. I just worked, 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 worked. Mm-hmm. And, and and one thing I and I'm like, dude, how come I was able to get like I got depressed in the beginning of uh the first time I got hit with the depression, and I probably been depressed mm-hmm. before. I've just been too busy to notice it. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what it is. I just been too busy. busy. When you're busy, you don't notice it. And I said that in my video. Yep. I said, as long as you stay busy, you're good. Yep. As long as you stay busy, you are good. And then last year, 2020, the pandemic, was that 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, the pandemic hit. I had to sit still, bro. Yep. I wasn't allowed to do nothing. I was yep. still, I like my business, like um, I had started a new business. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was barely carrying myself to the next gigs. And, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. By, the, uh, by summertime, I should be good. But Bam. I never got to the summertime. I was still in wintertime. Boom, broke. Yep. My neighbor had to buy me groceries for a month because I was that broke. And and then uh, shout out to her though too. Like she's cool, man. I fuck with <laughs> right her. And 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 then like I was just still. I had nowhere to go. Boom. Then I got de- I got depressed. Right. Yep. And what I did was I just I was like you know what I'm just gonna I got back into cutting hair. Mm-hmm. I said no to nothing, um, and I focused on my fitness. Lost a bunch of weight. And like a switch, depression went away. And I, I question, and at that moment when the depression, like a switch, went away, I questioned how legit depression is. I was like, how legit is depression? Or is it just an evolutionary thing 
for you for your brain to tell you you're not where, where you're supposed to be. Yeah, it's crazy if you look at it, if you look at it in that sense. It's wild because your mind, dude, is the most powerful tool of anything. So whatever is getting fed into it is how you're going to pretty much react. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when they talk about the forecasting, the negative forecasting. Mm-hmm. If you already, and I used to be bad with negative forecasting, I would think about something that's going to happen, and then I would just negative, just draw it out completely negative. Mm-hmm. Then I would show up for that to take place, and none of that happened. Mm-hmm. But for three to four days, I was super stressed out yeah. for nothing to happen. You know, <laughs> So it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. the mind is wild, so now... I flip the switch. I just I forecast positivity wherever I go, and then if something happens, I'm yeah. like, eh, it, it happened. And 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 I do know I do know that part because um, I feel like maybe um, just staying busy, or maybe even like things I had to learn how to uh, how to uh, how to adjust. I had to kind of become heartless in, in a sense. But I'm a I'm a I'm truly a loving person, and anyone who who fucks with me will tell you I'm a, I'm probably one of the most loving people. I'm one of the people that'll do shit for you, and I. Ex- Expect anything in return. That's the crazy and part, Brandon. That's why I mess with you, homie, because I know that side of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that side of you. And yeah. I see that side. I've seen it. I've been around it. And I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if people don't know, but, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I've seen it, brother. You know what I mean? That's all. Like I told you, man, when I came in, I'm proud to see where you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And trying to find a therapist, and I hear it a lot from everybody, I think... I got super lucky with the two that I ran into for this right. group therapy. Right. Because even when I looked on Kaiser's website, people were like, the therapists at Kaiser suck. They're terrible. But these two people pulled me out of this crazy storm that I was in. Right. But it does take time. You have to run into the right person. And it's hard to say, yeah, you know what? Therapy is the truth. But mm-hmm. from the way I see it is, I wouldn't say, I, I couldn't probably, I probably couldn't have took somebody's advice and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go do it. But I try to show people through living through all of the mess of like, hey, I was anti. Anybody know back in the days, I was anti-therapist like a mug in my 20s. Mm -hmm. You couldn't tell me nothing about a therapist. You're crazy. But my mom used to always tell me, man, mama always said, you need to slow down. You're always in a hurry. You're always moving. Mm -hmm. This would be me walking through the house and her just trying to tell me something. And she's like, stand still for a minute. Mm -hmm. Listen to what I'm telling you. She said, because if you don't slow down, life is going to slow you down. Mm. You're going to have no choice, but life will slow you down. I didn't believe it. Mm. And the same lady that gave me that advice, when she passed away, life slowed me down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't the pandemic. It wasn't none of that. Her passing slowed me down to where I was almost a stop. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, you know what? I recognized it and knew that I had this other life to take care of. I was like, I'm going to go really, really, truly jump in and give therapy a shot. Right, right. And like I say, I stumbled upon two that were real good. It is hard. And it gives you, the thing that's funny about therapy, you're trying to find a therapist to help you deal and cope with some issues. They really, they just give you the tools of how to try to function. Mm-hmm. But in the process, like you said, how many times do I have to become vulnerable with somebody to realize that they're no good? Mm-hmm. And now I got to try and go to somebody else. Yeah. So in the process it will frustrate you and make you even more depressed and even more angry yeah. because here's somebody who you think is about to help you, but they can't help you and they're not helping you. But, but, let, me, but let me tell you, and this is what kind of fuels me and it might be not in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Is, is being, being a, a the certain way, like, you know, almost letting it consume you in a negative, positive way. 
Meaning, if I just keep running from this, I can, I can, I can work harder. I can, yeah. I can do more. I can, I can, I can just, I just, I can just keep running through things because why slow down? So it's, it's almost like, well, it's, 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 it might be bad, but it's, it's producing so much greatness. You know, oh, it's fueling, it's fueling. Oh, you know, I don't have an appetite. Like I already lost, um, I already lost twenty five pounds. See, don't got, I don't got an appetite. Let me, let me just work out, man. Oh, let me just work. I'm not gonna say no to any work. The caveat to it though is, if you're constantly running, 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 moving, moving, moving. Yeah. Then what happens when it's a forced slowdown again? How are you gonna mentally deal with that when you can't keep moving? Hopefully, when that happens. I got, I, I got a six pack abs and 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 a whole lot of money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 look, man. And when that's the only drawback. Man. That's the only drawback is when. And like I say, it it'll, it it hits everybody. It hits everybody in time. Mm-hmm. Everything is at everybody's own pace. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you're just trying to be a better you each day. Right. You know what I mean? And I did it in the beginning. And my mind passed. That's when I started working at Wally World. Because I just wanted to stay busy, stay right, busy. Right. Then, once I started getting in tune more mentally, and even like just keeping routines, you know, say my man Funk Roberts, uh, he's a fitness trainer in Canada, mm-hmm. which is wild, man. Because I even have this little Canadian cable box. I, I'm, I'm really connected to Canada now. You know, so if I ever get up and leave, <laughs> I'm gonna go to Canada. I'm pretty set on going to Canada at some point. Yeah. But like the shirt I got on now, man, we get these shirts for every. Uh, phase in a sense. I think it's um, is it quarterly. I forget exactly how often we get the shirts, but I think it's maybe six months, something like that. But you start getting these shirts mm. for every time you completed so many phases of this program. Oh, nice. I started this program, man, back when this whole pandemic thing got started because the gym was where I used to go to release. Mm-hmm. I could never work out in the house. Funk Roberts, man, this man preaches so much about being mentally tough, mentally strong, it's not only just working out, but he's also giving you all these kind of life lessons and jewels. So when you get these shirts, man, that's like no fear, integrity. You know what I'm saying? It's just all the, the slogans that's on his shirts is all about uplifting and being positive. Right. When you work out, and it's like you start realizing that, a hey, consistency and having a routine. I started this with this man back, I want to say February, and I'm up to like, True, it's phase one. I'm at uh, phase, I think, 16 or something. Like, you know, it's been going on forever now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a beautiful thing because he gets on there and he interacts with everybody. He's in Canada. So he Zooms everybody every Sunday. There's a meeting for the whole workout group and everything. It's wild, man. I've connected with people in all kinds of different countries now just going through that cycle. Mm-hmm. But you find a routine, you stick to the routine, you start realizing, like, okay, instead of constantly moving and trying to run from it, now it's about rest. It's about the mental toughness. It's about finding something that you can hold on to and, you know, really focus on to really try and build yourself up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you start pacing yourself. Not everything you have to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing, and keep moving. You know, and it's the, the, if, if it's anything I can tell you from life and what my mind said, try to slow yourself down just a little bit yeah. before that force. So, so, my only, my only, so this is my only problem with, with it. Like, I'm already mentally tough. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can really, I, I can already do the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can keep going. You know what I'm saying? The only, the only thing where I might get slowed down is slowing down for someone like emotionally. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So like when, so one thing girls will always say, how come you can't be vulnerable? 
I'm being vulnerable. How come you can't be vulnerable? And I have to always, I have to always remind them, look, you don't want me to be vulnerable. You can't handle my you can't handle <laughs> you can't handle my weight. You know what I'm saying? But you want to be vulnerable with me. You want to be the shoulder, my shoulder to lean on. You don't want me leaning on your shoulder. You can't handle that. You know what I'm saying? So and um, but then Chris right here, pr- Chris the producer, copy at Steel <laughs> Studios. You know Listen what I'm saying? Salute to the brother, man. He, Appreciate it. He has a different relationship with his girl. You know what I'm saying? That's his business partner. He believes in getting vulnerable. You right. know he's been taught by by the late the, the ladies he grew up in his life. You know that you know he he's allowed to be vulnerable and everything. Right. And him and his lady have a, have a, a a wonderful healthy relationship. You know you know what I'm saying? It it takes time, man. But that's part of. That's part of trying to progress through some of the trauma that's unhealed. Yeah. That you got to work towards that healing phase. And then once you get there, because I was really good with showing emotion of anger. But for me to show a softer side was where it was kind of like you have this, you know, I always had this exterior when I walked out the house. But if you sat in the house with me, you will find out like my niece used to say. You'll say, oh, my uncle, everybody's scared of my uncle. He's the biggest softie in the world. Because yeah. in the house, that's what she got to see. Yeah. But as soon as I walked out that door... Uh, I'm mugging the head on the swivel. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same exact way. People, people be like, "Oh, you a teddy bear," but you see me outside. I'm like, "Hey, I ain't, I ain't someone you want to play with." But now, brother, and that's and I can say it comes in time. Yeah. Now, dude, I walk outside. You know, see, if I lived in the country, I'd be that neighbor. Everybody be like, "Oh, there go Mr. Jackson today." You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what's up, y'all? Like, I go places. Everybody's just like, you talk to everybody. Yeah. You, you, know, you make all these friends here, there, and there because I finally was able to take that wall down. And really just express myself like, hey, this is this is where I am. But it takes mm-hmm. time, though. And that's the thing. It's like you can try. It's almost like self-medicating. You can try and do the whole self-digging in. But I would say, man, it's going it's gonna to take time. And yeah. it's hard to try and find somebody that you can trust and yeah. lean on to really give that information to. Just don't completely give up on trying to find somebody. There's somebody out there that's going to click one day. You're going to sit down with somebody and they're gonna give you that look and give you some words. You're gonna be like, you know what, you okay? But you, you know, you're all right. I have a, I have a great group of friends, friends though, or like you know, not not too not, not too many people. You know what I'm saying? I'm very like, but uh, like like such as yourself. Uh, I have I, I have some uh, uh, really cool people who've known me for for many years. You know, who I can I can call. You know, I'll be like, yo, this is this is what I'm going through. Like, and it's funny because they went through therapy. So mm-hmm. so they got they still have they have all the same techniques exactly. And, and, but I like the homie more, so I head up head up the homie. <laughs> hey, yo, this is my hey man. I like I want to beat I want to fucking beat this motherfucker up. Like, am I tripping? <laughs> okay, I'm tripping. Okay, okay, cool, man. That, that, thanks, Look, man. I'm gonna tell you, dude. I tell people all the time, man. Therapy is helping me to heal, and it's a continuous process. And part of therapy and part of healing. It doesn't mean that I will never put my hands on somebody. It just means that it's going to take me longer to get to that point. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a warrior. I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a warrior <laughs> in the garden, bro. Look, look, hey, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get me pissed off now, bro. Like when I was on the streets, like I didn't know how to. I didn't even know how to fight. I was just a, a street fighter. You know, you grow mm-hmm. up, you, you have to, you know, throw the fade or whatever. W- once I learned how to fight, man, my. I don't even fight no more, man. Nah, I don't even fight no more, bro. Like, nah. look, like it, it would take a lot for me to to want to fight you. It would it would take you putting your hands on me for for me to want to fight you. Don't get me wrong, though. Like I'm the like I'm the chillest dude. Like, and I can fight you. And that's one thing fighting 
uh, uh, like jujitsu, boxing, whatever, will teach you. You never get angry. Hey, and that's something I learned as a white belt. You know what? That's the crazy part about it. But you look at it like this. Look at it in the same, in the same way. They're telling you, we're we're, we're always trained to not show emotions. Mm-hmm. From our even when we're learning how to fight in the gym, you can't show emotion. You well, can't be emotional. You got to keep your emotions in check. Stay logical yeah. and think. Do you, you remember Milan? Oh yeah, Milan. Yeah, Milan. <laughs> Yo, so so I remember one time Milan was fucking me up, and I got angry. <gasps> Yeah. And then, and then, boom! And he started laughing. He's like, he's like, what did that do? Look at you now, you're tired. Yeah. Like, what, what, what was that? He's, he's like yeah. laughing at me. Everyone's laughing at me. Look at him, he's angry. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's like, never get angry. Nope. The second you get angry, that's, that's when you start making mistakes. And that's the whole Ever thing. since that day, I remember one time I was at U31. This is a long time ago, by the way. I, had, I was, I was in great shape. I was at U31. And I and um I got you know I got into a fight. I ended up beating up a few guys, without breaking a sweat, without getting angry. They started the fight with me, but I ended it with taking out four of their guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No breaking a sweat, not angry, and and going home and forgetting about it. That's how calm, cool, collected you so become. I'm gonna tell you, dude. I'm gonna show you where with with age where it comes from. You give me four dudes that's upset with me at a bar. That means we about to have five shots in conversation. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, hey, you know what I'm, I'm like, I'm not here to entertain. I'm here to have fun. We're going to drink. Because whatever that problem is, mm-hmm. they don't know me. I don't know them. Yeah. What we do know is that we're at a bar. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get around, man. And in the words of the great Willy Wonka, <laughs> good day, sir. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you know who taught me that? Was Arvis. Yeah. Arvis taught Arvis, me that. Man. Arvis, Ar- Arvis, Arvis, Arvis taught me that one time, man. And yeah. he, he was he was like, he's like, you know what I do? Like, if, if someone's mad at me, he's like, you know how how I win my fights? I was like, Arvis, how you win your fights? Man, Arvis don't be fighting, bro. No, Arvis not a fighter, bro. And he, he went like this. Yeah. He's like, but see, that's he's, he's like, he's like, I could go, I could go back home and say whatever I want. And that's the thing. I go man. back home and say I, whatever I want. And that's the years of life experience because Arvis got. His hands ain't just good in that barbershop. Nah. It's from those years. And that's what I'm saying. And, and, and that's what I mean. It comes with time. Yeah. It comes with time because you go back and ask people about my youth, and they'll let you know if something happened at a restaurant with just me and a manager, mm-hmm. people will pick their plates up off the table, not because they were going to move, because I would flip the table over because I'd get mad at everybody. So people yeah. that were around me be like, oh, he's tripping. Get your food. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, get your plate because he's going to lose it. Now the same guy who's just like, hey, Everybody put your place down. Let's just work this out. But Everybody's good. Let's go. Also, another thing, too, that you realize, like, if you ever deal with, like, a, a really dangerous guy, like, mm-hmm. a really, like, I'm talking about a really dangerous guy. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't know you pissed him off. You disrespected this. You might have disrespected this man. And he's like, hey, man, don't don't worry about it. It's all right. You, you say you threw a drink on him. Hey, man, don't, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. It's whatever. All right, man, have a good, you know, I'll, I'll buy you dinner, man. I apologize, whatever. He leaves. Next thing you know, some sh- You know what it is, man? The calmest people, man. The people who know where they are, they're comfortable in their life, and they know what they can do if pushed into that corner. And I used to always tell folks, dude, it's not the loud ones that's making all the noise you worry mm-hmm. about. It's the quiet it's ones. It's the guy who's just like, no worries, you know, because then you're kind of like, this man is not so much what can he do to me physically, but mentally, mm-hmm. he just showed you mentally mm-hmm. 
Nah, that's, that, that's, you know. that's like you ever watch uh, Cinder Cinderella Man? No, you ever watch Cinderella Man? That's a good movie. You should watch that. <laughs> you should watch that. So there's a part of that movie. It's about a, a boxer. I think James Broducks or something like that. Um, so he, he's a boxer. This is back in during the Great Depression. So anyways, he's about to fight this uh, the, the, for the world championship. This is a true story. Okay. He's about to fight this guy for the world championship. This guy has been known to kill a few people in the ring. He's, his hands are that deadly, bro. And uh, during during the during like a, a like before the fight, they have a dinner. He's there; they're all there. Him and his ladies are there. Uh, James and his wife is there. And the guy starts being disrespectful, like pretty much like talking talking to his lady, all, uh, all kinds of crazy. His wife all crazy, and so his wife throws um, a drink on him, right? And the guy's like, "Hey, man! Like pretty much get your bitch in check," and then. That would get most people like ready to fight, but he just like laughs it off. He's like, like what, a, what, a, you know, ladies, what are you gonna do, man? And then mm-hmm. wa- walks out. Ends up, uh, Chris, you ever watch that movie? Did he, did he beat him? He beat him in that movie, right? Which he, movie? Uh, Cinderella Man. No, I don't think I've seen that. Oh my god, man! Whatever. Anyways, the 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 more of the story is the power of being calm, mm-hmm. cool. Collected, yeah, man, and that's that's where it is, dude. That's why I'm telling you, man. My, my tips of life now, when I look at self care now, where I'm at with self care of life now, man, is I know that it's okay for me to say no. I don't have to do everything for people. I don't have to show up at every event. I don't have yeah. to show up at all these functions. I schedule time with myself weekly, mm-hmm. to where it's just me doing nothing. Mm-hmm. To where people are like, oh, you must have been doing something because I called. Yeah, self care. You know what I'm saying? Which means I cut myself off from the world, not doing anything. And then I still keep my, my routine. I try and maintain a routine, mm-hmm. which is part of the, the Funk Robbers program. At least that's a solid routine that I know I'm going to do every day mm-hmm. and stick with. And now I can recognize things that will trigger me before that trigger actually happens. And mm-hmm. I just remove myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But those are the things, man, that I look at. When I look at trying to keep myself together, man, that's where I'm kind of at with care and self-care and just, yeah. you know, trying to keep progressing. And in time, yeah. brother, you're going to hit that page, you get that path. But just know, man, like everybody else, man, me, Arvis, we're always here to chop with you, brother. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Whether you're going to sit down with an actual factual shrink with a copay mm-hmm. or just hit my line and say, Clay, man, let me chop it up with you. Yeah. Man, you know where to find me, brother. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you remember, you remember this, like, like old Facebook video? I don't know if it was real or not. But it was like this young, this youngster. He was like yelling at this uh, this older guy, and he's like, "What he's like? He's like, man, like and the older guy kind of checks him. He's like, hey, man, like you ain't mad at me, man. Man, who hurt you, man? You mm-hmm. just need to cry, bro. Like, whatever he said, man. The little youngster started crying and stuff. Yeah. It's like you ain't angry, man. Let the anger out, man. Yeah. You don't need to be so angry for. I mean, that's, that's some real shit, man. For like yeah, the, the young yeah. guys who are like really angry, man. Like the bullies and. And th- those type of people, man, they ju- they just hurt, man. Hey, man, hurt people, hurt people, bro. At hurt, the end of hurt, the day. hurt people, hurt people. At the end of the day, brother. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, man. This this has been a bomb, bro. This has been fun. For one, I ain't seen you in a hot one, so mm-hmm. you know we killing two and three birds with one stone. Absolutely. You know, it's the hundredth episode. I got to sit here with my brother. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you ever need to holler at me, man. I appreciate you. Bang my line, brother. Yeah, one hundred percent. Man, this this has been the one hundredth episode. Of mental snacks with my boy, my partner, my family, mm-hmm. J Pro in the building. Shout out to my man Chris over there who's been 
hitting the boards and giving us the hand signals and the keeping <laughs> Thank us you. in check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Thank us for coming. And the, the the dog in the background shouts out too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything I do is live and raw. So Thank y'all. Thank y'all for the support. And we're going to keep doing it, man. Mental Snacks. Peace.